Thank you for downloading the podcast. We believe the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Now there is an atmosphere in which faith is heightened, in which it's easy to receive. And that atmosphere has flowed into this place right now. So do not pull back, but press in and receive that which you have need of. For nothing is impossible with your God. No act of restoration, no act of healing, nothing, nothing, nothing at all is impossible with your God. So today ask and receive and receive big. Ask big and see that you do not serve a God that is bigger than all your problems, bigger than all your thoughts, Bigger than all that you could even dream for. For it is my desire to give unto you all that has been purchased by your Lord and by your Savior. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Just won't let go of me. So I'm going to do this last. I'm not going to say this. There may be something after this. I don't know who it is. There may be more than one. Maybe couples. I don't know. But you're facing some major decisions. Now, I don't mean, you know, on where to go buy your groceries. I'm talking about some major decisions. There's some major, just feel it in my spirit. There's major decisions. Now, major decisions will affect your lifestyle and affect everything that you do. And listen, major decisions come along in our lives. You know, I mean, whether to go into business, whether to quit a certain job and start another job, whether to move or, or, or relocate. Or, there's just something in my spirit right now about major decisions. If you're facing a major decision, I want you to come up here right now. I want you to come up here right now if you're facing a major decision. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Now, we know, we know our scripture here at Island Church that we use all of the time in our decision making, and it is the best one to use, is Colossians 1 verse 9. For the knowledge of his will and all spiritual understanding, so that we may walk worthy of the Lord, be fruitful in every good work, and increase in the knowledge of God. Now, let me just say something about major decisions because Lee and I have made some major decisions in our lives in order to obey God. Never, ever be in a hurry about major decisions. Anytime you feel like you're being forced into something, you back away from it. Always be willing to do what I call, uh, 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 adhere to the Acts chapter 13 pattern. You say, what is that? The Bible says they ministered to the Lord and fasted and the Holy Ghost said, take time not to pray about your decision, but to minister to the Lord. Because as you minister, you can pray about your decision and not get any closer to God. But if you minister to the Lord, you're going to get close to the Lord. You should be able to take two weeks, three weeks, a month, however long, and just minister to the Lord. Take that, take that decision, write it down, lay it to the side and say, Lord, I'm going to minister to you. Do some fasting. Amen. Miss a, miss a meal a day or a couple of meals a week. Fast. But when you fast, pray and say, Lord, I need your wisdom in this area. I'm not going to miss it. I'm not going to miss God. I'm not going to make a mistake. I'm not going to end up worse off than I was. God will never lead you to a place where you're worse off. In any decision you make, he'll never lead you to a worse job, a worse business. Amen. He'll always move you just like he did the children of Israel into a place of blessing, a place of increase, a place of anointing. 
But you've got to be willing to follow God to do that. You've got to be willing to follow Him to do it. So lift your hands up, every one of you that are standing here. Father, right now, I bind the adversary, the voice of deception that will try to lead in directions opposite to that of the will of the Father. And I pray over them. Colossians 1.9, your word for the knowledge of your will in all spiritual understanding that they may walk worthy of the Lord, be fruitful in every good work, and increase in the knowledge of God. Now, Father, I thank you right now that is released into their life in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that they will do what is necessary to hear your voice, to obey it, to walk in it, and to do the will of God. Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for that. We thank you for the anointing that goes with that. And Father, I thank you. You said in Isaiah, you would be the voice that stands behind us, saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. And Father, I thank you. Each and every one of these will hear that voice, see the way, the way which you will make, the way which you will make in Jesus' name. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. That's what you need. So take First Timothy. We're going to study the earth walk of the Lord Jesus Christ as we continue our study of redemption. We study the incarnation. Everybody say incarnation. Clothing of the flesh. God loved us so much. Philippians chapter 2 paints the picture that he gave up all that heaven offered God himself in heaven. Not an angel, not a saint, but God himself. All that heaven offered, all of the authority, the majesty, the grandeur, he gave it up. Isn't that something? That's just, that's just so awesome. I'll tell you, the more you see Jesus, the more humbled you become. The more you see Jesus, the more you just fall in love with him. And the more you see Jesus, the more you see yourself. Because God put you in Christ through redemption. We're going to study that more and more as we wind up our redemptive series here in the next three or four weeks. But I'll tell you what, you want to find out about yourself, find out about Jesus. Because God put you in Christ. And because of that, all the information you can garner about him, you can apply to yourself. Because as he is, so are we also in this world. You know, a lot of people, they think that's what life is all about. The great uh, search for self. The great search for, I've got to find myself. I mean, you know, I've always said, if you go looking for yourself and find it, you'll always be disappointed. <laughs> Amen. One guy said to me, he said, I'm a self-made man. I said, why'd you make yourself so ugly then? <laughs> no, no, it shouldn't be a search for self. It should be a search for Jesus. And I want you to know, once you become born again, the quest of your life, should be to know him even more and more and more. Listen, when you get to heaven, I thank God my mom's there, my grandparents are there, uh, ministers that I've known, Brother Hagen, Brother Osteen, Brother Oral Roberts, all these that influenced my life over the years. Oh, I want to see them so bad, Brother, Brother and Sister Ward, all these people, I, I want to see them so bad. But I'll run past every one of them to see Jesus, to see Jesus, amen. Well, why can't we start running now? I'll, let you, I'll just let you think about that for a minute. Did you find 1 Timothy? Look there in chapter 3, verse 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, 
preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received into glory. I like it in the Amplified. It says, great and important and weighty. Well, that's, that's good, isn't it? Great and important and weighty, we confessed, is the hidden truth, the mystic secret of godliness. He, God, was made visible in human flesh, justified and vindicated in the Holy Spirit, was seen by angels, preached among nations, believed on in the world, and taken up into glory. Now, if you will, go to Hebrews chapter 1. Now, a, a, a subsequent scripture we could use, I'm not going to turn there, and you need not turn there either. But you know, over there in Acts chapter 10, when Peter went to Cornelius' house, in the great sermon that was preached at Cornelius' house, uh, Peter made a statement that kind of sums up the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ as he walked on the earth. It said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing. Everybody say in healing. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Jesus was a healer, is a healer, and forever will be a healer. Amen? Now notice here in Hebrews chapter 1, it says God, everybody say God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. Anybody know his name? Jesus. Say it again. Jesus. Say it one more time. Notice this, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Now, this gets a little more into where we're going to get to next week when we study from the cross to the throne. But we've got to begin to look at some things that have to do with the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ when he walked on the earth. Because according to this scripture in Hebrews chapter 1 and also according to what we read in 1 Timothy chapter 3, we see that Jesus... As he walked on the earth, especially his three and a half year miracle ministry, it was literally God speaking to us. Can I get a better amen than that? Now, let me tell you what God was speaking. What he was speaking to us was truth. Let me say that again. What he was speaking to us was truth is truth. Now, that's another search that people are on. Searching for the truth. Searching for the truth. Well, you can't find the truth any other place, that, uh, any other place than Jesus. Now, Jesus said in John 14, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Now, he did not show us the way, he is the way. He did not tell us the truth, he is the truth. And he, listen, he, he does not give us life, he is the life. Now, the reason I made that statement was this. Truth is a unique force. Truth is made up of two components. Truth is made up of something that is said and something that is done. If I was to, to, to tell Doris, I was to tell Doris, Doris, you know, I'm going to give you $100. Well, she would begin to expect me to give her $100. Amen? Now, that expectancy could be enhanced and completed how? giving her $100. That would make it easy. But say that didn't happen. Say this happened. Doris, I'm going to give you $100. Thank you, pastor. Thank you so much. So a week goes by. And she thinks, well, he probably forgot. He's been busy. So. And so at the end of next week, I tell her the same thing. Hey, I hadn't forgot. I hadn't forgot. I'm going to give you $100. Well, that would do what? Heighten her expectancy again, but not to the same level. Are you with me? 
And then a month goes by, still hadn't gave her $100. But I see her out in the foyer somewhere, coming in the parking lot. Hey, Doris, I hadn't forgot. I'm going to give you $100. Well, that would spark expectancy again, but a little lower. A year goes by. Doris, I'm going to give you $100. Now, expectancy does not set in, but what sets in? Doubt. Why does doubt set in? Because my words and my deeds do not line up. Let me say that again. Because my words and my deeds. Now, let me just say this. For whatever relationship Doris and I have as pastor and member of a church, friends, that relationship would be violated because there's no truth. I have said something that I have not performed so there can be no truth between us. But I want you to know, Jesus is the truth of God in manifestation. He says, I will save you. He sent Jesus. He said, I will heal you. He sent Jesus. I'll forgive your sins. He sent Jesus. I'll redeem you. He sent Jesus. I'll bring you to heaven. You'll live with me forever. He sent Jesus. Jesus is the truth of God, the words of God, and the deeds of God in manifestation. Now, remember this about Jesus. In his earth walk, he did not walk on this earth as a God on the earth, but in, as a God in correct relationship, excuse me, but as a man in correct relationship to his God. If he were a God walking on the earth, then he could not have redeemed us. Amen. But God came to earth in the form of a man. The Bible said in Genesis 3.15 that it would be the seed of the woman that would bruise the head of the serpent. That term bruise the head of means to take the authority of away. So God came and got into a woman and he, when he was born, his name was Jesus. He was born in the fields in which they raised the spotless lamb and he was born in the birthing cribs in which the spotless lambs were birthed. Are you with me? He was the last spotless lamb to ever be, re, to ever be born. Then he lived, oh, 12 years, and we see another glimpse of him. They go off to the Passover feast and festival. They come back. He's not there. He's in the temple. You say, why was he in the temple? That's where he felt at home. Amen. Reasoning, the Bible says, reasoning with the scribes, reasoning with the priests, and the Bible says they were blown away by his wisdom. Well, it's not because he knew the word. He was the word. But then we didn't see him again until his 30th birthday. Now, let me just say this. People say, well, why was it when he was 30 years old? Because of a tradition in Israel at the time, in which if the head of the household, being the father, was to die or to pass away, then the eldest son took up the responsibility of the family and remained, remained in the family setting until his 30th birthday. Joseph had died. I don't know how old Jesus was when Joseph had died, but Joseph was the head of the household, so Jesus took responsibility and remained head of the household till his 30th birthday. His 30th birthday, he left and began to go seek out where God was doing something. He found God doing something in his cousin's ministry, John the Baptist. In his cousin's ministry, people were being baptized unto repentance. Jesus was not being baptized unto repentance. He had no sin. Jesus was being baptized to fulfill righteousness. 
Upon his baptism, the anointing, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God descended upon him and lighted upon him like a dove. Then the Holy Ghost led him into the wilderness and the devil tempted him. Now, he overcame the devil on every level or every area of temptation, physical temptation, mental temptation, and spiritual temptation. He resisted and overcame the adversary by, not by his authority as God, not by his anointing of the Holy Ghost, but by the word of God, it is written. Jesus on the earth was anointed by the Holy Ghost and took his authority from the word. He came as a direct reflection of God himself. He said, the words that I say are not mine and the deeds that I do are not mine, but my father's. He did not come to do away with the Levitical law, but he came to fulfill it. But he showed us something awesome. You say, what was that? He showed us mercy and grace in manifestation. People so rejected, such as lepers. Remember the leper in Matthew chapter 8 came to him and said, Jesus, I know you can heal, but will you heal me? And Jesus said, I will, and reached out and touched him and made him every whit whole, forever settling whether or not it's the will of God to heal right there with that leper. There was a woman, the Bible says, was taken in the very act of adultery. They came and wanted to stone her. Levitical law says this, a woman taken in adultery like that, is to be taken outside the city, stoned until she is dead, and then you heap a great pile of stones upon her in order to testify against her sin. Jesus said, let the one who is without sin cast the first stone. And the Bible says from the, youngest, from the oldest to the youngest, they begin to leave. You say, why? Because none of them was without sin. Now, the only one that had a right to pick up a stone was who? Jesus. He looked at her and said, woman, where are your accusers? She said, I don't know. He said, neither do I accuse thee. So Jesus did not come as an accuser nor a condemner. He came as the manifestation of God's grace and mercy. Glory to God. So in studying this, Jesus revealed. What did Jesus reveal in his earth walk? Number one, he revealed the plan of salvation. Remember what he said to Nicodemus. The Bible said he came to him by night. He told Nicodemus, you must be born again. People need to be born again. Being born again means you adhere to the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ through his redemptive work. You make a decision to accept him as your Lord and Savior. A lot of people want him as Savior, but not as Lord. That means you take yourself off the throne of your life and you put Jesus upon that throne. He came and revealed it unto mankind before he ever had completed the redemptive process. He told Nicodemus, you must be born again. And Nicodemus did not understand it. Peter did not understand it. John did not understand it. None of them understood it till actually he had completed redemption and breathed on them. The Bible says in John chapter 7, and they received the Holy Ghost and were actually born again. But he revealed unto his God's plan, not for the salvation of just a nation. Oh, this is so good. Not for the salvation of just a nation, but for the salvation of the whole world. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's what we like to call the good news. The gospel. Amen. Also, he was the fulfillment of scripture. Everything that was spoken about him. He came to reveal that what God had said in days of old. All the way from Genesis 3.15 to the book of Malachi. When God said, and 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 God said. Now, here is what God said 
standing in flesh. Jesus was God's word manifested in the flesh. John 1, chapter 1, the gospel of John, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, John 1, 14, and the word was made flesh. He didn't come to speak the word, honey. He was the word of God. He revealed the ability of God to forgive sin, not just to atone for it. The atoning sacrifices of all the lambs that had been shed, all the lambs that had been uh, slain and their blood had been shed, that was something that just covered and covered and covered and covered. But the inside of man was still broken because of his iniquity. But Jesus came to do what Isaiah says it like this. He was wounded for our transgression and bruised for our iniquity. He came to reveal the ability of God to break the hold of Satan from the spirit of mankind so man could have brand new life right here on earth not just when he gets to heaven or not just when he goes to paradise but right here on the earth I'm glad you're so excited about that he came to reveal God's healing power my goodness of the 19 different healings that he performed and they were different you see them in different ways in all the different gospels of all of that the majority of them were initiated by people they came to Jesus and said heal me and what did Jesus do he healed them he came to reveal God's healing power I want you to know if you're suffering with sickness or disease today Jesus wants to heal you I don't care what the church on this side says or the church on this side says or the church on that I want to know what does God say God says he was wounded for our transgression bruised for our iniquity the chastisement of our peace was upon him by his stripes we are healed that's post redemptive but in his earth walk he went on a healing binge everywhere he went he healed everybody that believed in him Somebody said about Isaiah 50, that's just spiritual healing. Tell Jesus that. Tell the woman with the issue of blood that. Tell the ten lepers that. Tell blind Bartimaeus that. Come on. Tell the woman that was bent over in the temple. Tell the man with the withered hand. I mean, he went about healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. See, he's God speaking to us, folks. Supernatural provision. That's why don't worry about the economy. Don't worry about the price of bread, the price of gas, the price of this, the price of that. Man, he took a few fish and a few loaves and fed thousands of people. Come on, church. He's not worried about the power of the dollar or how big the yen is getting or the price of gold or the price of oil. He still knows how to provide for his people. Jesus showed us that. Now, this is good, too. You know what else Jesus revealed? The future. See, I sure would like to know about the future. Get hooked up with Jesus. I can't, he gives us the Holy Ghost. The Bible says the Holy Ghost to show you things to come. You've got to understand that Jesus showed and laid out the plan of God for the future. His second coming. The judgment of the world. The judgment of the devil. The enemy of God. All that God desires to do. He literally began to speak and foretold that. They didn't even understand it. But we're living so close to it today. The only thing left to be fulfilled for the rapture of the church to take place is the blast of a trumpet of an archangel. You say, how close are we? That's how close we are. So what are we going to do? We're going to live like he's coming in the next 10 seconds, but we're going to work like he's not coming for the next 100 years. Hope you got that one. This is powerful. He revealed not Jehovah God, not Elohim. He revealed the heavenly father. That made people mad. 
When he started talking about God being his father, those Sadducees, those Pharisees got so upset. No, he was Jehovah to them. He was Elohim to them. He was all these other different uh, manifestations, pre-incarnate, redemptive realities, but they did not know this is what God had been talking about. He was Jehovah Jireh manifested in the flesh. He was Jehovah Rapha manifested in the flesh. He was Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah Shalom. That was him standing right there and they couldn't see it. But he revealed it to them. Here I am, the healer. Here I am, the restorer. Here I am, the mercy giver. Mm-mm-mm-mm. You know what else he revealed to us? The enemy of humanity. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But I am come that you might have life and that you have it in abundance. Listen, don't ever be so foolish as to adhere to God anything that is wrong or evil. He doesn't cause hurricanes and earthquakes. He doesn't starve people to death in Africa. He does not do those things. He is a loving, merciful God. He says, then why doesn't something get fixed? Because the earth still belongs to the enemy of God. That, that, that lease that Adam had on it and gave it over to Satan still belongs to the adversary. But the good news is God has put us here to feed them. God has put us here to tell them the gospel. God has put us here to clothe their backs. God has put us here to tell them that Jesus loves them. Mm -mm -mm. Now this last one, I love this last one. This last one. If none of these got you, this one ought to get you. Jesus came to reveal to us, and I'm talking about in his earth walk, the value of the human being. You may have a poor self-image today, but I hope what I'm fixing to tell you will take and heighten that a little bit. I don't care what you've gone through. I don't care you think, well, my parents treated me bad, and I went through a terrible upbringing, and, and I was a middle child and all that. Listen, listen, let me tell you something. God values you. You are so valuable to God. You are so you are the you are his treasure. You are the apple of his eye. It says in Isaiah, he has engraven you on the palm of his hand. He looks at the palm of his hands, he sees what? He sees you. He cares so much for you. He sent Jesus, his only son, and Jesus came and revealed how valuable. How valuable the woman caught in adultery. How valuable the prostitute that poured oil upon us. How valuable Mary of Magdalene cast it out seventy. How valuable every single person is to God. Jesus came and showed us. He's sending me. I'm here because God values humanity so much. And I want you to know, I don't care what you're facing today. God loves you. He care, you say, well, I've made mistakes. Who hadn't? Yeah. Amen. I mean, all of us. I've always said our biggest room should be the room for improvement in every one of our lives. Amen. Amen. No, we all make mistakes. We all miss it. We all miss the mark. We've all had problems. But God still values you so highly. He values you so much that he gave not what he could give. He gave all he could give in order to redeem us. Hallelujah. Isn't he good? Just lift your hands and praise him right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The last thing that he revealed to us, the Holy Spirit. He said, I got to go, guys. I got to go because if I can go, this presence that has remained, that came down into the tabernacle of Moses. When you put the Ark of the Covenant together and you placed in the the, the jar of manna and you put Aaron's rod that budded on the inside of there and you put all of the different implements and my spirit came in a a boat and then you took the Ark everywhere you went and my presence went. Can you imagine what that must have been like? 
He said, then you took that ark and you brought it into a tabernacle. And that's where my glory was. And then you took that ark. And as the years and the centuries went by, I I picked a guy named Solomon. And Solomon built me a temple. And you took the ark in there. And in the Holy of Holies, there the presence of God was. And God says, that's not good enough for me. I don't want a tabernacle made with the hands of men. I want a tabernacle that I made myself. I want to take that presence. I want to take that spirit. I want to take that power. I want to take that righteousness. I want to take that holiness. And I want to put it into earthen vessels. I want to put it into you. So I've got to go. Because if I can go, I can cleanse the temple. And if I can cleanse the temple, then the comforter, the paraclete, the, ad, the, 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 the advocate, the standby, the strengthener, the comforter, the teacher. Come on, church. He can come and he can abide with you while you're at church. No, while you live on the earth. No, forever. Forever. He will live on the inside of you. Mm-mm-mm. When he walked on the earth, He was 100% God, 100% man, but because of his submission, we see some things in Jesus. Perfect love, perfect love, perfect submission, perfect sacrifice, a perfect redemption, a perfect man, and a perfect God. All of this in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. But now, As I close, how's my time? Oh, I did good today. On the earth, he reveals the nature of God. But his destiny was not to heal, was not to feed thousands with a few loaves and bread. It was his works, but it was not his destiny. His destiny was redemption. I wrote down this last night when I was studying. His destiny, the perfect of his earth visit, was to be the last spotless lamb offered up, not for an atoning, but for a redeeming sacrifice. All others atoned. He redeemed. Theirs covered. His washed away. (laughs) Isn't that good? I tell you, that's why Paul, Paul got so close to him. He got so close to him that he said this. Now, I've gotten so close, I want to know him even more. That I might know him. That literally ought to be the quest of our life. Is to know Jesus. To know him even more and more and more and more and more. Little song I mentioned to Ella. Mom, Mama Ward used to sing. More and more of Jesus. More and more each day. More and more of Jesus all along the way. More and more of his great love. His great love so rich and free. I want more of Jesus, so I give him more of me. That's the way it is right there. How much are you going to give him? You give him a little bit, you get a little bit. You give him everything, you get everything. And when you give him everything, I guarantee you, he said, I'm come that you might have life. And then you might have it into money. Listen, you may have had some bumps. You may have had some bigger bumps. And you might have had some great big bumps in life. But I want you to know Jesus Christ, he's the great equalizer. You say, what do you mean? He, you, you take away the race problem. You take away the woman problem. You take, you take all. He was the great equalizer. He brought all things to a level plane and said, I love them all. I love them all. Every one of them. The greatest women liver. The greatest, greatest civil rights person that we ever know was Jesus. 
and he still is today. And it's what we do, why we are here, why we exist, is to take this Jesus, not to take Island Church, not to take Rusty Martin, not to take a tent or a bus. Those are just tools. We're just people. But we must take Jesus and show him to the island and show him to the neighborhoods and show him to the dark places. and show Because when we get there, Jesus gets there. When we get there, Jesus can save. Jesus can heal. And Jesus can give to them what he's given to us. Jesus wants the whole world. He wants the whole world. That's why we have Island Church. That's why there are other churches. That's why we're involved in what we're involved in today. Is because Jesus cares so much for people and values them so highly that he would interrupt our lives and impart unto us his power, his wisdom, his ability, his knowledge, and his ability to restore us from Adam's fall so that we might be what? His reflection. Everywhere we go. That in us, people would see him. That's the will of God. Amen. Lift your hands and worship. Thank you for joining us today. We trust you enjoyed the podcast. We extend an invitation to you. Come join us in one of our services. Sunday morning, 1045. Tuesday prayer, 730. Thursday evening, midweek service, 730. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. See you there.